This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Spin Control, episode 84, Mildly Addicted. This, of course, is your host, Shiloh. In this episode, I've got a little bit of knitting, some spinning, some progress on the biggest project, a little tale for you about my mild addiction, and I get all spun up about lip balm. But of course, let's get this all started with some updates. First in the lineup for updates is my biggest project. The craft room is coming along, kind of. As I dig things out, I am discovering that there's a lot of stuff in here that just got moved into here during our relocation. And it doesn't actually have anything to do with the craft room. So I've been slowly but surely finding a place to put all this other stuff in the house. Like, okay, that paperwork totally is not mine. It does not belong to me. Where am I going to file it, right? So that's kind of what I'm dealing with right now. Um, I believe that this weekend, I will have made enough progress to get the sewing machines out of their boxes. I'm kind of working in here right now as I record. And if all goes well, the place will pretty much be done this weekend in terms of getting everything organized and put away and usable. I've got some, you know, organizational schemes to rethink. And I'll have to, like, get to using the room before I actually figure out if things are in their permanent locations. So, the progress on that has yet to be determined. What I did manage to accomplish was organizing my yarn in a way that I was able to actually get all of my yarn into the storage bins, right? Well, kind of. My hand spun is to, is currently not in a storage bin. What I've got is I took all of my fiber, with the exception of fleeces, and all of my hand spun yarn, and I ended up getting a new bookshelf. So, all of that spinning fiber and my hand spun yarn is like dedicated to its own little bookshelf. When I say little bookshelf, I mean it's like 18 inches wide and each of the shelves is about 12 inches high. And I think it's it's probably a good seven foot shelf, so it's full. <laughs> but it's, so by getting all that stuff out of my stash bins, I was able to get all of my purchased yarn into stash bins. And that makes me happy. And it's all tucked away and organized the way it should be. I even, well, no, I haven't. <laughs> gone through my Ravelry stash to make sure everything was in there. I think all my yarn is stashed, actually, and the only stuff that isn't stashed and accounted for is the spinning fiber. So that's pretty cool. I like that kind of progress. It makes me very happy. And another thing that I actually managed to do was organize my bookshelf. So I went through all my magazines and decided, like, which magazines I want to, like, keep forever and which ones I'm like, okay, it's time for these to go. Um... Some of my magazines I've actually ended up getting digital versions of. So the hard copies of those I got, I have separated out. I need to figure out how I'm going to get them out of the house. So that's cool. I offered them to my friend. She sorted through and took what she wanted. And I sorted through all my books and organized them in a fashion that I like. So right now I've got my books organized by um, spinning books, reference books, pattern books, sewing books, quilting books and other. And inside my pattern books, 
I've got them sorted out by like sock pattern books and everything else. But they're all organized, put on the shelf, and like organized. That makes me really happy. Like I actually know all the stuff that I've got in my stash. And I added any book that I didn't have in my Ravelry library to the stash, so that makes me happy. And I've got equipment out of boxes and on the shelves as well. And just a few, like there's just a few minor tweaks to where things are going to go, and then I'll be really happy. I'm tempted to take the sewing machines and go and like go ahead and get them out of the boxes. I think I'm there, but then I have to figure out where to put my boxes. I've got a nice little stack of like things that their disposition is to get them out of the craft room and put them elsewhere, but I've yet to figure out where the elsewhere is. So I'm still working on that. So the biggest project is coming along. In addition, in updates, I have a little announcement. For this year, I am plotting out two festival attendances. One, I will be at Maryland Sheep and Wool again this year, both days, and I'm pretty happy about that. Like, we typically go on Saturday, first thing when they open, and stay all day, like until we can't handle it anymore. And then Sunday, we go, and it's more leisurely on Sunday, and we quite enjoy it. And hopefully the weather holds out. That is, I believe, here, let me look at the calendar. Maryland Sheep and Wool this year is May 2nd and 3rd. So if you happen to be in the area, or happen to be planning a trip to Maryland Sheep and Wool, let's post it on the board. I'm going to be there. It should be a blast. You know, all this stuff got started, you know, the podcast and, you know, my major addiction stuff, a lot of this crafting stuff, got started with Maryland Sheep and Wool 2010 when I traveled out here from Illinois to attend my first one. And now I live like 17 minutes away, so it's pretty cool. Makes it a lot easier <laughs> to plan that trip. But in addition to my trip to Maryland Sheep and Wool, I am planning a more complicated festival trip to the Black Sheep Gathering. Me and my mom, my friend Tanya, and her mom are all going to make the trek to Eugene, Oregon for Black Sheep Gathering this year. I've already started planning and reserving hotel rooms and, you know, stocking plane tickets to figure out how we're going to get there in the most efficient manner. It messes up my Maryland Sheep and Wool budget a little bit because it's only like six weeks after Maryland Sheep and Wool, but it should be a lot of fun and I'm really looking forward to it. And it's going to be awesome, like to see a totally different festival than I've ever seen before. So that's awesome. And I will probably start a thread for festival attendance on my board in Ravelry so that we can figure out who's going and who's not going and maybe plan a meetup of some sort. So I hope to see some of you there. And that is all I've got in updates. So I guess it's time to get this podcast started. And now it's on to spin a tale. And in this edition, I have a little tale for you about my mild, mild, ha ha ha, addiction to Turkish spindles. Yeah, someone commented over on Ravelry that they didn't even realize that I was a spindle spinner. But, um, yeah. So I started spinning on spindles. I think I attempted it before 2010 when I took on wheel spinning and I hated it. Like I totally sucked at it so bad. It was horrible. And my hands just did not want to cooperate to function with a spindle. After I'd been spinning on the wheel for like a year, maybe, I realized that I'd tackled like one of the tough parts of spindle spinning was the drafting. 
So now that my hands actually understood how to draft, I thought that I would attempt at the time to tackle spindle spinning. So I took that on as my tour de fleece project was to learn how, like teach myself how to spin on a spindle. And it worked out. However, I still wasn't enjoying it as much as I had hoped. And that year, my mother got me my first Turkish spindle. One of the girls at my knit group had gotten herself a Jenkins Turkish spindle. I think at the time he only had like two kinds. He had like a delight and then he had made, no, he had three. He had the swan, which is his standard traditional. He made the delight, which is a miniature version of that. And then he designed the Cthulhu, which is like a tiny little, tiny little baby spindle. And my mom got me my first one, which was a delight. It's made out of purple heart wood and it weighs 30 grams. And I loved it. Like spinning on that spindle was so much easier than spinning on a traditional spindle had ever been. I have no idea why. Like I had tried top whirl, bottom whirl and everything. And I was just like, okay, this is so not for me. So when my mom got me the Turkish, I, I was hooked. I have spun quite a bit on a very regular basis on Turkish spindles and because of their size and just accessibility, I guess, to the project. I have really regular, that's, I think spinning on my Tur Turkish spindles is something I've done more regularly than any of my other craft projects because I can just have a little project like a spindle sitting out with the fiber right next to it and connected, pick it up, drop the spindle three or four times, like before we head out to go someplace and I'm the first one done. And then I can just set it down and come back to it again. And I just seem to be able to continually progress on spindle projects. Unlike pulling out my wheel, getting everything set up, making sure I don't have anything to go. I try to always commit at least 15 minutes to spinning on the wheel versus just, I might spend two minutes spinning on the Turkish and it makes me happy and I feel like I've progressed. So that's kind of where the addiction comes from. So last year, he actually, yeah, it was the summer of 2014. I, um, decided that I loved Jenkins Turkish spindles so much that I was going to try to get one spindle from every size he made. So I went online to attempt to do so and realized that between the time I had purchased my last one and now, like Jenkins spindles have grown in popularity so much that it became really hard to get one, really hard to get one. So that's when I went on my competitive shopping binge to advance my spindle stash and collect one of every kind of spindle. And at first it was really hard. <laughs> so what did I get next? So, um, yeah, here's the deal. So the first one I was able to snag was a lark which is one of his kind of petiter, but medium sized spindles. Ugh, and now my family's waking up, so I'm going to pause. So where was I? I had set my sights on getting a Jenkins Lark and the craziest thing happened before I knew it. I ended up with four. Like I didn't go out and like steal four spindles from people, but I put an in search of post on the Jenkins board and someone offered me one. And while I was like, in the process of trading for this lovely little spindle. It is made out of Vera. Um, the Jenkins folks posted a sale and I snagged myself an Amazon Rosewood. So I ended up with like two at the same time and I didn't mean to, and I'm like, oh, that's okay. I'll just trade one to someone who doesn't have one and all will be well. 
but I ended up with four. Sorry, I know. I'm horrible. Like, people just were offering them to me for trade or for purchase. So, I ended up with four larks. It's maddening. I know, I know. But I still have three in my stash. I have three because of this. One. The Veerwood one came from a friend. And she's like, I am diminishing down my stash of spindles. Because I have to, and I really don't want to. But I want to make sure this goes to someone who will love it. So I can't trade that one away because she entrusted it to me. Right? The little, tiny, petite, little Amazon Wood one is one I, I snag for myself. And then when it was like my friend, Tanya has one as well. So when we had all these little larks together, the one I got online seemed so much different and so much smaller than the rest of them. So I contacted the Jenkins Wood people. Like, it's fun. It spins perfectly. And I love it. And I'm like, hey, it's a lot more petite than all of the other larks I've ever seen. So I sent them a picture just to ask, like, hey, did you guys change the way you're making them? I'm just curious. It spins like a dream. Like, that's all there was to it. And Wanda from Jenkins, like, sent me a note back that said, hey, we're really glad you love it. Would you mind sending it to us so we can actually compare it to what we have for our model for that type of spindle? Because Ed's a little curious what he did with that one that was so much different than the rest. So I packed up my spindle, sent it back to them so that they could play with it. And what they ended up doing, uh, their customer service is fantastic. I love them. They're so sweet and so wonderful, and the workmanship is fantastic. That is why I love this company and these spindles so much. They are my favorite. I have tried a couple other kinds of Turkish spindles, but I do not like them as much as I like my Jenkins. So what they did, though, was I played around to see what he had done with my little tiny, tiny little lark, and he actually made me a second lark that fits the uh, standard lark like template that they use. So I have this baby little petite atypical lark, and then I have a regular standard size lark, both in Amazon Redwood, and I love them. So I can't get rid of them. So my stash is always going to have three larks in it, and that is just how it's going to be. That brings us to a swan, a delight my mom got me, and three larks. My friend Tanya got me a Cthulhu for graduating from grad school this past year, which was awesome. And then I proceeded, she got it used, and then the shaft proceeded to break and one of the legs chipped. It's still functional, and that's the one that I'm using for the Ply on the Fly project. And then I ended up having someone offer to trade me for another one. So I took it. So I kind of have, I have two Cthulhu's now. And okay, and note, I'm like bartering and trading, and I think I've bought maybe three of them, two of them, two of them, three of them. Bought three of them. I've traded for the rest. And like these spindles just keep coming in and out of my stash, and my stash is growing. Yeah, okay. So I ended up, I did end up with at least one of every kind of every size. Well, except one because they came out with a new one. I doubt I'll ever get my hands on one of those. I have. An agrette made out of bird's eye olive and it's super beautiful. I had a really heavy swan at one time and I did not at all like it. it, it I didn't like it at all. So I traded that. I put it up online to trade it for an agrette or an Aegean. So I had one person offer to sell me one and one person offered to trade one. So I ended up with my agrette and my Aegean both in my stash. For one, you know, it was one offered transaction. I got two people replied. I said, hey, I did have someone trade, but I'll buy it from you. Is that cool? And she's like, yeah, no problem. I don't want this one anyway. Thanks. So that kind of worked out. 
And then I bought myself and my friend a finch. Mm-hmm. And she had already had a finch. So now I have two finches. <laughs> I know, I know. It's horrible. So right now, I have got all of my Turk, all of my Jenkins Turkish spindles in one spot. Like they have never really been in the same spot in the house all at one time. Because, you know, I don't want the boy to see them all together in a collection. Key, I know, I know. So I'm mildly, mildly addicted to Jenkins Turkish spindles. But I have taken myself out of the competitive shopping game. I'm not trying to buy them online anymore. I'm not trying to trade for any or um, or do anything like that because I want everybody else to have a collection like I have. That's awesome. So I've decided that the only time I will allow another Jenkins to come into my stash is, one, if someone gives me one, of course I will accept it because I love gifts and it's really sweet if someone does something like that for you. So I could never like, no, 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 I don't want your spindle, right? Wouldn't that just be crazy? <laughs> one, if I get one gifted. And two, if I get the opportunity to buy one in person at Black Sheep Gathering. <laughs> I know, right? Oh my goodness. So, that is it. I'm mildly addicted to Jenkins Turkish spindles. Along the way, I may have also gotten a few other Turkish spindles. I have one from um, Buckeye Spindles. And it's really beautiful and I couldn't help myself. Like, it's a spalted wood that's been dyed like over dyed with blue and it's absolutely wonderful the way that the wood absorbed the dye. I couldn't help myself. I saw it online. I bought it. That's all me. Then I also have um, a complete collection of one in every size that Enid Ashcroft makes. I know. I know. I, I don't know. There's like, so there's like six sizes. She's got a super midge, a midge. These are in size order from smallest to largest. Super midge, midge, mini, mindy, midi, and maxi so that's six of those oh my goodness right all right so over the past year i have amassed this collection of turkish spindles and i look at them and i can't see a way to get rid of any of them because i love them and i am very happy to have confessed my addiction to you and that's all i've got in spin a tale All right, so on to spinning my wheels. Um, I have been maintaining a regular clip on working on some stuff, but I still have got like a lot of projects that I want to do. Um, as I record this segment, you may hear some interesting sounds for a couple of reasons. One, the family has begun to stir. I did not start recording early enough to um, beat them all awake. So the boy is in the kitchen cooking which is pretty awesome because <laughs> that means I don't have to do it and what else is going on the children will begin to stir and start making their way to the kitchen so they can eat pancakes and I am unpacking the first sewing machine all right so what have I been working on in knitting I have been focusing on two projects I want to finish those plain Jane socks because I need to start other socks like the boy and the girls have begun to wonder where their socks are because it has been quite a while since I made any of them their own socks. The last socks I made for the girls, I made itty bitty the toe socks and I shall never do that again. And I made Bird just a short pair of socks for herself. So I think I finished that one pair of socks I, for myself that I had looming and 
now I've been working on this plain Jane pair and you know, I'm bored with them, but I don't typically abandon projects. So I'm driving away on those. And now that spring is about to hit, I have been focusing on the boy's sweater. <laughs> I know I'll get it done. I'll get it pieced. I'll get it all put together so he can wear it next year. Yay. So, but once those projects are done, I can start focusing on and starting those projects that I've been wanting to start but haven't had the opportunity to start. And that's where I find the excitement. Oh yeah, this is going to make a lot of noise. Sorry. So, the serger is out of the box. Yay! It's not set up or usable or anything at this point, but it is out of the box. How fantastic is that? That means I've got my tables cleared off enough to actually start putting things out. That's actually quite exciting for me. So that's all I've been doing in knitting. Spinning. Like I said, I've primarily been focusing on spindle projects at this point. I am driving forward on the swap challenge from the Jenkins Woodworking fan group. I've spun my first ounce and started on my second out of four total. And like I said, um, I got winded pulling that thing out of the box. <laughs> How crazy is that? So anyway, like I said, it is two totally different fibers. One, I had no idea it was coming. And the other one was from my own stash. And let me see if I can figure out what they are. The one I got from my swap partner is a Merino and Silk blend from Ingle Nook Fibers in the colorway TARDIS. Yay, how fantastic is that? Uh, I'm a big Doctor Who fan. So to have a mystery partner who really, like, even if you stalk me on Ravelry, you won't figure out that I'm a Doctor Who fan, sent me that. That was pretty fantastic. I was pretty excited about that. And then the fiber I am using, uh, I don't even know if I have the freaking label. Anyway, that's actually a Dragonfly, Dragonfly Fibers blend of Silk and Merino also, I think, but blended in a totally different way. More Silk, I think. And dyed in a totally different colorway. And part of the challenge is to spin singles in both colors and then ply them together to see what you get. So that's pretty cool. I'm excited about that. And I'm making progress almost halfway done. That's awesome. Because I really haven't committed, like, I do spin on it every day. But like I said, a little bit at a time, and I need to ramp it up so I finish in time to meet the challenge. So that's pretty cool. I'm happy with my progress there. Another thing that I have been spinning a little bit at a time was something that until just recently I was afraid of. Silk hankies. If you have never spun a silk hanky, or you were intimidated by the, the idea of spinning silk hankies like I was, drop that, go to YouTube, look up videos on spinning from silk hankies, and you will be so shocked at how easy it is. I thought it was going to be like this big, complicated, horribly hard, difficult thing to do. But it is so easy that it shocks the crap out of me. Like, I cannot believe how easy it is to spin from silk hankies. There's a little bit of process involved in turning the hanky into something spinnable. But that process is even so easy, it's not even funny. So I'm, I ended up with, like, a butt ton of silk hankies in my stash that I didn't purchase like people had given to me. Uh, a friend of mine sent me a bunch because she had been like doing all these like dyeing projects but didn't really have any interest in spinning the stuff she was dyeing. She like her stash just became 
way too much. So she was stashing down and she sent me a bunch of silk hankies and I, that's what I've been spending from. And I don't, you know, like I don't know the difference between what she has dyed herself and like what has been professionally dyed. So I may try to pick up some silk hankies when I'm at Maryland Sheep and Wool or like one of those other festivals if someone has them out because I'd like to see if there's a difference between like what her dyeing process has done and what someone else has professionally done just to see if there's like even easier or anything like that. So that's what I'm working on in spinning and really in spinning my wheels that's all there has been. But now with the serger and the sewing machine coming out of the box I may have more to report to you in the very near future. And once this craft room is done I will feel better about committing time to just plain crafting. As it turns out, I am all spun up about the lamest thing ever. Right, so about a year ago, I posed the question, like I think it was on Twitter, maybe possibly Twitter and Facebook, about whether or not anyone had ever finished a tube of chapstick or lip balm of any kind. Because in my recollection, I had never ever finished lip balm, ever. Like it gets lost, you accidentally leave it in the car and it melts and you have to throw it away. It gets washed in the washing machine and dried in the dryer and it's just gone. I had never in my entire life finished a tube of lip balm until this week. I know, I'm all spun up because I finished a tube of Burt's Bees, like all the way done. You could not possibly get another drop of this lip balm out of the container. I finished it from start to finish, opened it all the way to the end where I had to throw the empty tube away. And that is so silly and so stupid, but I set the goal <laughs> and I finished a tube of lip balm, right? How proud of me am I? And that is what has me all spun up this week. Well, it looks like it is time for another episode of Spin Control to come to a close. Thank you all for tuning in. And hopefully, by the time I record the next episode, I have a lot of finishing to report. So that's my goal between now and the next episode, to finish, finish, finish. Finish some socks, finish some spinning, finish a sweater. Well, maybe finish knitting a sweater. Don't know if I'll get to the piecing before the next episode, but I will do my very best. And maybe I'll even have some new projects to start by then. As always, you can get the details about this episode and all the past episodes at spincontrolpodcast.com. You can email me at ajoyfulgirlknits at gmail.com, catch me on Ravelry as a joyful girl, or follow me on Twitter as a joyful girl maid. Thanks again, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Love's not a clanging symbol. Love's not a noisy gong. Love is not air giving a Love is action, patient, and